This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Tig Notaro and, and Cheryl uh, Hines. Yes, and mm-hmm. uh, this is Tig and Cheryl True Story. And today we don't have time to even tease Mm-mm. what this is about because there's we so have... much. It's so good. Uh, you're going to want to hear every word from our guest. It's literally so good because our guest is Eric Good. Oh, I get it. So <laughs> Eric, Eric Good was the director. Um, and producer of the docuseries Tiger King on Netflix. Also, I mean, let's give credit where credit is due. It was also produ- uh, produced and directed with Rebecca uh, Chaiklin. So that was his partner. Right. But today we have Eric Good on. And we ask him everything. Monkeys, turtles, <laughs> skunks, murder. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back to our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. Uh, Today, Tig, are you there? You're just really... I am. I just, I'm, I'm, I I think you're doing such a great job. I'm, I'm in awe. I, uh, well, I'm speechless. Yeah. That's the first time. Okay. Um, Today, we're talking about Tiger King. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a seven-part documentary series that premiered on Netflix yes. in March of 2020 this year. Not long ago. Not long ago. It was directed mm-hmm. by Eric Good. That's who we have with us today. And Rebecca Chaiklin. I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Um, so I think we should just jump in and bring Eric in because I have so many questions and thoughts. Can I also add just very yes. quickly yes. that um, this documentary was yes. watched by over 64 million households in the first month 
of its release. So that translates to over 5 billion minutes of streaming. That's half of what my comedy specials get. So that's <laughs> not that's not bad. That that's not, not bad. bad. Everything about this documentary has been a lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it the everything first of all it's it's an amazingly great documentary for so many reasons, the overall message of what the documentary is about. And then the characters in it that are real people. And then the stories that unfolded one after another. I mean, it really captured everybody around the world. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. So anyway, let's bring on Eric. Eric, hi. Hi, you guys. Hi, Eric. (laughs) So Eric and I have known each other for for several years. Um, How do you know each other? Uh, through a mutual friend, maybe someone's significant other. Oh, yeah, I like how coy is being. It Bobby. is. It's be- <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I met through Bobby Kennedy Jr., my husband. And and what's what's really interesting, I mean, a few things about Eric. First of all, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, just just yeah. to be clear, he has no no credentials, no education, <laughs> and he's not qualified to be making a documentary. Yeah, um, but you started a turtle conservancy. I did. In 2005. Um, that that makes you ready for anything as far as I'm concerned, right? That's probably true, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to help uh, turtles with their PR. They need better <laughs> PR, like panda bears. <laughs> so I'm, I'm rooting for turtles. Well, it's that's what's so interesting when I... Anyway, knowing you personally and then watching Tiger King because, you know, Tiger King is about uh, Joe Exotic who owns a quote-unquote zoo, we'll say, um, and he has all these animals and it's it's part of this a documentary is just heartbreaking because of the way that the animals are treated and um, and I think when people watch this show – they got so caught up with the characters that sometimes I, I don't know that they got the message of the the documentary until the very end. If they still, if they if they did or if they didn't, I don't know. Well, first of all, what do you think was the overall message of of the docu series? Well, I hope at the end, for those that made it through to the end. Oh, um, everybody did. They came away hopefully recognizing who the real victims are in the story, which are the cats and, you know, the suffering and exploitation uh, that they're subjected to. Um, And the commonality between all these people that trumped the issue uh, oftentimes is the the way that these people use these cats um, to, you know, to basically bolster their egos or their sex life or their, um, you know, to create, to make these people look special. And and they all do it in a different way. But in the end of the day, they're using the cats to do that. And well, how that's did, what was so, I'll go ahead, Tig. Uh, well, I was just curious how you, how you stumbled upon this and then decided I'm going to put my energy into this world. Well, you know, I, I actually, you know, and I, I have to say, Cheryl witnessed one evening a little 
uh, string out of footage um, you and Bobby did uh, many, quite a few years ago, Cheryl, when we were still trying to form this story, you were kind of a guinea pig at the time, and I'm sure you wondered, you know, what was I showing you? Um, I did. But, because <laughs> <but, laughs> I just felt like we were watching crazy people in Florida. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I started actually, ca I cast a wide net and I was filming everyone under the sun. One of the largest ranchers of rhinos in Africa. I was filming, you know, bushmeat markets and, and exotic animal markets in Madagascar, butterfly hunters in Indonesia. And ultimately ended up, of course, focusing on the tiger uh, people in, in the United States. But, um, but before I began to focus on the tiger people, I was also just looking at people in general that keep exotic animals in the US. Um, there are these, this wonderful, unique group of people called monkey moms that keep monkeys as surrogate children and dress them up as little, you know, pageant uh, Joan Benet Ramsey children. And so I, it was hard to hone in on just which, <laughs> oh which subculture of animal people were the most interesting. Uh, but ultimately, we did uh, focus on the cat people. And that really had to do with the war that ensued between Carol Baskin and Joe. You were like, sorry, monkey moms. I know. They had to take a back seat for the moment. But, <laughs> Not but, interesting enough, monkey moms. But I'll, I'll get to the monkey moms. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so the tiger people um, is where we focused our energy ultimately. And, and of course, who would have thought things would have unfolded the way they did? Yeah, there's no way you could have possibly... I mean, it's just really, really something. I mean, Cheryl texted me and said, "Oh, you have to, you should watch my friend's documentary." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll watch your friend's documentary." And then by the time I finished it, it was the biggest movie that's ever happened, and everybody is talking about this and dressing like the Joe Exotic, Joe, yeah, and Joe Carol Exotic, Baskin. and I, I'm like, what in God's name is going on here? Well, it's so it's it's so fascinating because, you know, COVID nineteen hit is hitting right now. So we're in what what is this uh, June of 2020? So it doesn't matter. <laughs> when people are listening to this in ten years, they're going to want to know, um, and so. Everybody was locked down in March. The lockdowns happened nationwide, almost worldwide. And Eric, I remember because I, I did something on on um, Instagram that was like, hey, you guys, you guys should watch Tiger King. Well, my <laughs> friend Eric's, you know, like I'm giving somebody a little inside tip. <laughs> and, um, and then... It was because of that. It was she's because trying of that to take responsibility I for know, your she, she should success, for Cheryl. Thank you, I, I, Eric. I, I give you all credit for let making it go viral. Thank you so much. God, I just needed to hear those words. That's it. Good night. <laughs> um, but it just so happened that everybody locked down at the same time, and everybody watched Tiger King within those three weeks, I think. So for you, I mean, you couldn't have been you couldn't have been expecting a pandemic to hit and then your your documentary to be no the number one 
No, we we carefully orchestrated <laughs> it. We planned it out. It, it, it was, you it, son it, of a gun! It, 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 there, there was no, there, there was no. We didn't take anything to chance. <laughs> um, no, of course we we had this bizarre moment in time with our captive audience watching captive cats, and so when did you know? Like you're sitting at your house. When did you know that tens of millions of people were watching it? I think, you know, Netflix kept us informed. And to be honest, I didn't really know what that meant. Because once you start talking about more than 5 million people, it, it, it no longer really makes sense to me. What is that? Right. 10 million, 20 million? Um, you know, but obviously now it's surreal. You know, I just sort of wonder, or I don't even wonder, actually. I, I'm sure this year's Halloween oh my God. costume the trick-or-treaters out in front of my house will all be little tigers and yes. little Joe Exotics and Carol yes. Baskins. Viruses. Um, viruses. And viruses. <laughs> viruses. And maybe viruses. <laughs> uh, although I think maybe Joe and the tiger will trump the I virus. I think you might be right. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's hard to know why people are so taken with this. I guess uh, mostly probably because of the wild characters in it and the way they look and the way they talk, but then also all this, the storylines. And it seems like if an, if a 10 year old watched this, they were excited to see the beautiful animals because there are really beautiful animals in, in this. And, and by the way, the photography is really beautiful in this documentary. Cause you, you see why people want to be close to these cats because they're they're just extraordinary. So you understand why people are drawn to them, and you understand why. So if somebody was at the mall and there was a weird guy with beautiful tiger cubs, I would want to see them. I would want to pet them. I would want to be a part of it. So, so it, I think a ten year old watching it with a you know forty five year old, they get different things out of it. But it seems to have have appealed to almost everybody. Yeah. Yeah, There's something very attractive or very Uh, (laughs) um, compelling. Yes. Compelling about baby tigers. I, I, you know, we've been thinking about our next uh, series might be the Panda King. We think that would even Trump tigers. Really? People want to cuddle baby pandas. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it, we're focused on the panda craze in America. In America? No, we're not. Uh, no, we're not. But um, <laughs> how long did it take you to start to finish do this movie? Because I mean, this felt like it spanned some time. Yeah, it ramped up over five years. I, I think mm-hmm. we started about five years ago. But it, but again, that was the beginning. Was you know we we started with a different idea. What did you? What idea did you start with? We started just really looking at our relationship with animals and and really looking at the pathology of people and the obsessive nature of people and animals, whether you're a crazy cat person or a reptile guy like me. There's just something fascinating about that to me. It's kind of the best in show aspect of humanity. You know, there's so many interesting animal people out there that you would not be aware of. For example, there's something called the Skunk Fest that takes place in Ohio, which is people that keep skunks in their homes. <laughs> Come um, on. You know, there's the monkey moms, there's the 
Um, I don't know. There, there, there's a whole lot of them. There's bird people that dress their birds up like pirates and make puppet shows out of their birds. Who and has it, this time? I don't, I can't even, I can't, it, when somebody, you know, tells me about uh, a show I have to watch or a book I need to read, I really have to think, when am I going to make time in my schedule? I cannot imagine having so much free time that I'm dressing animals up like Jean Bonnet or keeping track of skunks in my home. Maybe I'm unusually busy, but I, I don't know. Where where is this? I love birds, and they come up to my window. I have bird feeders. I I go out my door and I I look at them Weird. and say, "Oh, look at the beautiful Cheryl! Stay out of this." <laughs> I I say I try to point to my little children. Look at these beautiful birds. And um, I, I mean, I am a cat person. We have a cat named Fluff that lives in our home, but uh, you know, she's not stinking up the place. She's not in any sort of crazy outfits. And she's behaved, right? You don't let your cat go outside and kill animals. I heard she's she's, she's so well cat. behaved. She's so well behaved. Yeah, I don't. She's, I think there's a lot of people precious. with a lot of time, um, and and I think there's a lot of people that are obsessed. And I think there's something wonderful about people that have obsessions. I don't think it should necessarily be a bad word. I think it gives people a lot of joy. But sometimes those obsessions borderline on addiction, and then borderline on you know exploitation um and so where is that line and in the case of the tiger king uh, unfortunately as you mentioned cheryl the tigers are the real victims and they're really exploited um and you know uh, monetized um which is very sad in the end and and when we set out to do this film we were very conscious of not doing a story where the audience is subjected to watching animals being abused because no one wants to see see that. So we had to thread the needle carefully to you know engage people, but hopefully at the end of the seven episodes, you walk away scratching your head thinking there's something disturbing about this and hopefully we can make change. I, I think you just said that perfectly because I think that I think the ending was a bit of a gut punch for people because they were so entertained by a lot of it. And at the same time, a lot of it was heartbreaking on so many levels, just the the, the storylines. And you forgot sometimes while you're watching it that these people are, were, are real people. But can, can I just say, because I know you and I know how much you love animals. I thought you did an exceptional job when you were interviewing all of those people because you're such a compassionate person. It never felt like you were judging them, which I think it would have been hard if, if I were talking to somebody that I thought was being abusive to an animal. I think it would be hard not to come at them from that judgmental place, but I felt like you were very, um, I don't know, you were a good listener. You wanted it felt like you wanted to understand them and hear what, what they had to say. Is that how you felt when you were talking to, to these guys, Joe Exotic? and? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. That probably more than anything was something that I struggled with, um, which is not to be exploitive of the people that we were chronicling in the story. And, you know, thankfully in the end, I've spoken to almost all of them since the series came out with the exception of four people. And 
they all, and with the exception of Carol Baskin and her husband Howard, and Doc Antle and Jeff Lowe and his wife Lauren, everybody else really felt that they were depicted fairly, that this is who they were. And most of them, in fact, are finding this new um, sort of yeah, moment or, uh, where they're getting a little bit of fame and, and having opportunities they didn't uh, ever expect. Um, and so I, I feel good that we were fair and, um, you know, really showed these people for who they were. Of course, John Finley did not like the fact that he didn't have teeth. He now has a nice pair of teeth. Um, That's nice. Now, when when you say that they're finding this newfound fame, what, what do they do with this sort of fame? What, what do you parlay it into? It, it's so interesting. Each one is sort of doing different things. So there's a tour planned in the, <clears throat> towards the end, end of the year with Saf. Saf, who is missing his arm from a tiger. And Saf now is going to be speaking on behalf of the LGBTQ community, which is That's new cool. for Saf. And then Josh Dial, who is Joe's campaign managers on that tour, also speaking about issues that have to do with, you know, being gay in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rinky, who does, doesn't have his legs, is on that tour. But I think, you know, they're, they're kind of finding their niche and maybe what they can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, others are just trying to, uh, others have lawyers and managers now that are trying to sort of puppeteer them. Uh-huh. And um, we'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting to see what they do with their tenor. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Or 15 minutes. And as far as the moment when, is it Saf, you said? Uh-huh. Uh, loses his arm? Um, was it really that casual? It felt like it was another day at the office and um, and that, you know, the arm was gone and it's just part of the job. I, I found that really interesting. Well, I, I'm sure it wasn't that casual. And Saf, you know, was exceptional in the way uh-huh. Saf handled that. Normally a person probably would not have been that stoic and, um, yeah. You know, had had come back to work only a week and a half later after losing your arm. I could uh, not believe that. I can't, it's still hard to believe. Hard yeah. to believe. Uh, uh, and I think Saf did that because he was very conscious that when an incident like that happens at a zoo, especially a roadside zoo, that can be the straw that breaks the camel's back and, and the zoo will be closed down. And she, he knew that that was very likely. And I think wanted to prove that, oh, it was nothing. When people get injured uh-huh. at these zoos, um, they get a tiger attack. When they go to the hospital, they'll say, oh, it was a chainsaw, and that's yeah. why I'm getting 70 stitches, or oh, it was a this. I see. They, they try not to ever say it was you know, because Cost. of a tiger. Wow. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's that helps inform it a bit more, because I... I could I that was something I kept and continue to think about. I was going to say but what I love about many of the sort of lead characters, they all seem to be doing or trying to do reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. And and I'd love to just do a mashup of all of the trailers of their reality TV shows, but <laughs> Jeff Lowe and Lauren are doing a reality TV show or, or trying to. They have a you know, they're working on some deal. James Garrison who has the jet skis is doing a reality TV show based in a strip club in Orlando, Florida, that he's working on. Doc Antle is doing a reality TV show with his many ladies. So this uh, is how it parlays. It goes to reality. Sh- this okay, of course. Why, of course. Which I'm of just course. waiting with bated breath to see them all. Um, so I'm very excited. Same. About that. I can't <laughs> wait to watch those shows. And. I was just curious if there was anybody um, in particular uh, in the movie that you, because it's such an array of personalities and people, was there somebody that you felt like, I actually really connect with them more than anybody. And this is somebody I could spend time outside of this film with. Wow. Um, You know, there, everybody or most everybody were were really complex, and I think that there were certain people that I really enjoyed seeing every time I went back to see them. The Rinky, who doesn't have his legs, was one of those people. I, I really enjoyed Rinky. That's Sap, how I felt. Yeah, Sap, Sap was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were other people, like you know, others that. It was really heartbreaking because it, it just things just always got worse for them, and and mm-hmm. you know on on so many levels. Um, and then there were people that I felt 
that when I would be driving up to interview them, that I would be thinking in the back of my head, oh, you know, are they going to let me in? Are they going to pull a gun on me? Do they know something they shouldn't know? And I'm walking <laughs> on eggshells. So there was, a, it, it, there was a lot of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Did you ever feel like, uh, holy shit, I might not make it through the day? <laughs> Because I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, holy shit, Eric might not make it through the day. Um, it seemed like there were so many dangerous... You didn't check on him, Cheryl? <laughs> I did. I, you see know, it ended the, up all the right. footage that I saw was not... Cheryl um... would text me, you know, every day at the end of the day, make sure I was still alive <laughs> through the process. Did you check on him ever? No. You weren't what, that worried. Well, the no, because the footage I saw... If, if I recollect it correctly, uh, was mostly like crazy. I felt like it, I felt like there were just sort of crazy people, just like a weird guy that's like, hey, you know, I, I like tigers. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I didn't, uh, at the time, I didn't think you were in any kind of danger. I thought you were just shooting a documentary about some very curious characters. I will say the one person that surprised me, I think, the most of all of the the people in the Tiger King documentary was Mario Tabrawe, who was sentenced to two 100-year consecutive sentences oh. um, in federal prison for, you know, being one of the, or if not the largest cocaine dealers and, and marijuana dealers in Florida. And also, you know, having had a wife that was shot 10 times in the head by someone and, and the killing of a federal undercover informant. So Mario with that past Good God. Um, was, you know, surprisingly human and, uh, and likable. And, you know, someone I actually could sit and talk to uh, for hours at a time. And so it was interesting that he probably out of everyone came off as sort of the straight normal guy in the series even though he had such a um, dark past. Checkered past. I can't remember the guy's name the, the, that um, you said you connected with uh, also before the guy that was missing his legs. Oh, Rinky. Yeah, Rinky. He was, he was my guy. I, I was like, this, this guy, he just seemed so authentic. genuine and authentic mm. and kind. And whether he's in a misguided world he still i felt yeah. like his relatable his, yeah. yeah and his intention seemed true again even if there was misguidedness and i think he's had to deal with so much having lost his legs to a bungee cord accident um and they he lost them slowly over time and he's managed to uh, adapt in a way that's that he never has an apology. In fact, he wears shorts every day and never long pants because he, he likes, he wants to be able to say, hey, these are my legs and he's made the most out of them. And, it, and I find him, there's something really refreshing about him and how there's no woe is me. It's all like, you know, this is oh, who I am. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I then, mean, you get that a million percent and yeah. um and it really really spoke to me yeah i found him very very interesting and relatable as much as i can relate to this world because i truly <laughs> I, I this was fascinating to me 
I was more interested in the uncovering of a world that I really didn't know. I knew that people had big cats as pets, but I felt like it was on such a smaller scale. And you'd hear about someone getting caught having a big cat in their backyard and it ate them. And then I I just, I I just was not up on this information. And that was way more interesting to me than, um, than the crazy characters that I think most people really latched onto. I was just more like, I, I, I had no clue this was a world. I don't, was, I don't think most people, I would say most people did not know. That's what was so shocking. That's my, my jaw was agape over that throughout the whole time. I was, I, I kept turning to Stephanie to say, how, how has this not come up any, like, I know so many people. I travel so many places. I hear, so I followed the news. I, this is, it was just, it's beyond me. I will say this. I've always found, you know, middle America, or, and I don't say that in a negative way, but sort of suburban, rural parts of this country, fascinating. And I think that we tend to th- generalize about suburbia and think, oh, that's suburbia or that's, you know, middle America. But when you start to turn over the rocks and and inspect a little bit more, you start to see that there are things going on that are really surprising, whether it's people that keep exotic animals or people that are involved in strange sexual fetishes or people that collect things that you would never think one collects. And I think that we, we tend to think, especially those that live in big cities like New York or L.A., that, oh, everything revolves around New York and L.A. But I, I think, you know, Errol Morris was on to something. And many, many people that chronicle um, suburbia, there's a great book by Bill Owens called Suburbia um, in California. And it's, it's one of my favorite books. It was done in the 70s. But you shouldn't generalize, I think, about all of America and it's just surprising what's going on behind closed doors or, you know, and so I find that fascinating. Well, what, one of the things that's been so incredible for me as a stand-up comedian traveling to every part from major cities to rural America, to college towns, I've done churches, I've done uh, living room tours, I've I've gone around the world and when people start to feel like LA and New York are representative of the bigger picture, it's, it's one of those things like you could never describe being in love or being a parent until you experience it. And I feel it's the same until you've really gone out into the world beyond that LA and New York bubble, you cannot begin to understand what's out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it it always reminds me of that wonderful New Yorker cover by Saul Steinberg. You know, there's like, it just shows New York and the West Coast and Hawaii and nothing in between, but there's so much in between. (laughs) It's a fertile landscape. Much. I feel like people should not be allowed I don't mean this literally, but I don't think people should be allowed to travel outside 
of this country until they have explored it more because there's such a lack of knowledge. You know, it, it's it, it's um, and, and that goes for even people that live in middle America, not knowing what rest of it. Yeah, right. I, I, no. I, I re there's so many things to see. There's so much beauty. There's so much horror. There's so much to uncover. And people are so excited to go and travel outside of this country and see what's out there. And just to have a, a better knowledge of um, where we're from. And, and I think it's yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Eric, I have a question. Um, so when you were shooting this, like we talked about, there were so many stories that started unfolding. I mean, <laughs> murder. I don't know if you knew that that was going to be a big part of of this um, series. And then talking about drug trafficking. And I mean, I was always surprised when you guys would show up with your cameras that <laughs> that people were like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> I mean, I would have been like, hey, um, I'm doing <laughs> drug trafficking right now. <laughs> Can I call you back? But they were just like, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I would like to kill somebody. And, you know, it was just, uh, that was also part of, sort of shocking to me. But what, what did that feel like in, in your shoes? Well, maybe partially the fact that I'm, as I said earlier, a person with no credentials and, and that I came out of this New York nightlife world where, you know, we did drugs and we, you know, we were somewhat unorthodox and, and I won't go further into that, but I think I wasn't a journalist and um, Mario could share things with me, you know, hey, Eric, you know, in the 70s, we did quaaludes and this, what did you do and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, we were on a, on a level that, maybe wouldn't have been the same had it been someone else. I, I, and the fact that I know a lot about animals. So yeah. it was pretty easy for me to speak the same language in many ways, not every way. And um, But having said that, there was a courtship in order to get access and to make these people feel comfortable speaking with me. And sometimes that took months. So it wasn't just... Um, Hey, I, you know, I'm coming down to shoot you. Let's talk about math and tigers together. You know, it didn't quite work that way. <laughs> where, where did you don't have to answer this, but where did you stay when you were? I mean, in my in my little imagination, I think that you had your own trailer next to the <laughs> group. Were you snuggling with the rats? Oh God! Were you spooning? Um, yeah, the rats. And one of that the out outhouse. I hate to say it, I do have a photo of me lying in bed with Joe, but I won't show that to you guys. Um, <laughs> but you just made me think of that. Well, you just made me think of that. <laughs> um, no, I did stay in hotels. Oh, hotels. And I'm sure we, I'm sure it was like a, the holiday and the best that they had in the middle of nowhere. Because, listen, I'm from Florida. I... It's not time to brag, Cheryl, okay? <laughs> this is not a competition. I'm from Mississippi. You're from Florida. So what? Okay, we have bigger issues to talk about. <laughs> I want to make this all about me. I, I'd love to say that I really roughed it and I stayed in the trailers. No, I was very spoiled through much of this, to be oh. honest. Um, I, so. I highly doubt that. Did, did you did you come and go? Clearly, you didn't just 
leave your house for five years to make this? Yeah, I, I came and went and uh, there were some stints that were long, um, maybe a few weeks at a time. Um, but yeah, no, I came and went. Um, and at first I didn't know where this was going. And I remember, you know, the moment I heard when interviewing Jeff Lowe that Joe was in serious trouble and that he had hired a hitman to kill Carol, it all made sense. The second I heard that, I remember, <laughs> oh, oh my God, you know, now I know why Joe left the zoo. Now I know why Joe has been the way he's been. He's been trying to kill this woman. He, the FBI is on his tail. And it, that, that moment made everything suddenly made sense. Um, but yes, I, 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 you know, had, I, I had no idea that Joe was plotting that because of course he was plotting that for the whole year I was filming him. Um, when that um, started to seem like, I thought that's what was, I thought I was about to watch not only people exploiting or abusing animals, but I was, I was so not ready to also be taking that in that, that I was, I just, I was kind of, I was pretty stressed through this, uh, <laughs> through this series. And I, I, I was, yeah, it was stressful. It was very stressful for me. And I don't feel like I stress easily yeah sir but i was stressed i was too i was stressed making it much of the time i'm sure were you just ever like let's get the hell out of that whatever let's yeah you know um yeah and i and i think you know it's it and it's when i didn't know you know making this i never thought about it or i thought about it but i never really it never sank in the way it is now that you really have a responsibility when you make a documentary because you can change people's lives. You can affect people in ways that um, you don't realize. And the power of a documentary like this is incredible. And, and so I hope that we were, I really hope that we were fair and that we told this story um, in the most honest way possible because as we speak, there are revelations um, you know, the, the sheriff in Hillsborough Police Department in Tampa, Florida, came out last week saying Carol Baskin's the will and the power of attorney that she presented, you know, that the, they were forged. Um, and, and, you know, this is making real, you know, life changing uh, changes for these people. Um, you know, it may be that Carol Baskin will have to give her millions or her money to the children of Don Lewis, who ended up with very little but but you 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 question yourself you know did we tell this story in the fairest way possible um because obviously people now have you know made conclusions about people that joe exotic is robin hood he's a folk hero um should joe be a folk hero i don't think so carol baskin may have had a hand in killing her husband um you know these are big you know these are powerful things to put out there. Cheryl made a very good point um, a couple of weeks ago about um, Carol describing or being um, asked about killing her husband. And she said that, you know, his what his hand wouldn't even fit in the grinder. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, you know, 
if, if, let's say Bobby, God forbid, had died and somebody said, did you kill Bobby and put him in a meat grinder? I don't think my first response would be, his hand wouldn't even fit in a meat grinder. It would be, you know, it would be like, what? Oh my <laughs> God. What? Are, how could you even, I mean, I'm in mourning. So, but also, I'm not here to judge Carol Baskin. I don't know her. I don't know what I don't know what she's done or hasn't done. But it was just such an odd response that it's like, wow. Uh, I mean, she made a good point. <laughs> All I can say about Carol Baskin is she never ceases to make me scratch my head. And and having interviewed her over and over, it just she's slippery. I, Yes, and, and there's something that just makes you wonder about everything. You know, the way she responds uh, when you say, what happened to Don Lewis? And she bats her eyes and looks up and has sort of an eerie laugh or, you know, um, you know it, it just everything. Not, not well, I've makes... spoken about that, her, her laugh. I, I feel like there are um, moments that seem inappropriate to laugh and it feels a bit disconnected and um and it caught my attention also watching the documentary where I was like that's an interesting moment to laugh hmm that's an interesting reaction to the conversation or question and again I don't know this woman I don't know what she's up to but I people's laughter and when it happens it will sometimes trip me up where I think that feels a little disconnected to the to the moment or question or something. It, it's just I don't have anything other than that, except <laughs> it just gets my attention. Well, like Eric said, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. You no, know, I was just going to say, if your loved one le disappeared, Bobby never came back, you know, you don't also just say disparaging things about the person that disappeared which is what carol does she basically says and it's so bizarre she says oh don lewis was stupid he had a third grade education he couldn't write he um he collected junk he only wore the same shirt every day i mean on and on and on meanwhile this is a guy that you know actually graduated early made millions of dollars from nothing was you know every when you speak to everyone else he was kind of a genius but carol has this whole sort of alternative story that fits a certain narrative i guess which is very peculiar um and it just goes on and on and on um it makes you scratch your head uh, all i can say is i hope that um now that the police department in tampa has sort of revitalized the case that they may find some closure for uh, Don Lewis's kids. Oh who, my gosh! Um, who That's... really got a short end of the stick on that one? Jeez, I mean, it's so hard to when you're watching Tiger King to understand the gravity of the seriousness of the 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 subjects in it because it looked. Well, I mean, what we're talking about, you know, it's it's real. It's a man lost his mm -hmm. life. He's got 
children. It's a real situation. You know, yes. it's just like these tigers and animals that may be being mistreated. It's a very real situation. And even the people that that work for whomever that's that's running the zoos, it's the, I mean, these are re it's real. Yeah, it's their real life. Yeah. yeah. So but I, I appreciate hearing from you. And I do think it comes out in in your directing of this and and your partner Rebecca yeah Rebecca um I think it comes out that you guys really understood the the universe of this and how important it all is because it you weren't I never found you being flip or dismissive or um disrespectful to anybody in it uh so I, I just it must weigh heavy on your mind sometimes. Yeah, and I hope that in the end, I hope the pieces fall in the right places and we, we didn't mistakenly accuse somebody somebody of something that we shouldn't have. And I, I think in the very end, where the, the part that, that is so complicated is that you're, you are dealing with real people's lives and there are things that happen that are so unbelievable, like Don Lewis and... Carol and um, I think there's other I think it's going to be revealed um, probably in the coming months that there are other things that other people did um, maybe not so dissimilar to Don Lewis disappearing um, that we haven't Ooh, talked about Eric. I, I, I don't <laughs> no. mean to say that like that but but there are other skeletons in literal literal skeletons <laughs> literal skele skeletons that that have come we, we've learned this in the aftermath of the show Eric would you mind if we listen to the clip of Carol talking about her husband no go ahead um I I just I, I know everyone has seen this movie but I just thought it As might a be a yeah I was going to say, because it's one of my favorite signage memes, was there's no relation to Baskin Robbins, Carol, <laughs> Carol, Carol Baskin. Go ahead. We had a meat grinder. If you've ever seen a Butcher Boy meat grinder, it's about that big around. That became like this wholly exciting thing that I ran him through that grinder. And it's like, I couldn't run his hands through the grinder, much less a body. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just again, I can't. If if Stephanie disappeared, there's never a point where it would be that casual and hilarious. And the the laughter again, it's it's like what was the funny part? There was no funny part. If you're being accused of running your spouse's hand into a meat grinder, it's uh, despicable that anybody would suggest such a thing. It would be like. <laughs> Stephanie's hand, Bobby's hand, their hands. <laughs> so what are you talking about? It's a strange reaction. It's disconnected. It's yeah, disconnected. so. It's not funny. And um, no. no, it is not funny. But so, Eric. So now, uh, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen Tiger King. But Joe Exotic is now in prison, and I thought you know, the most beautiful part of of the documentary was the, I think it's just audio, right, of him talking about his experience being in prison. Do you have that, Thomas? Oh, I thought you were going to say the most beautiful part was his wedding. <laughs> 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 I 
This call is subject to being recorded or monitored except for privileged calls between attorney and client. I'm in a cage. You know why animals die in cages? Their soul dies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope Joe really understands that. Um, it, it, you know, he also talks about his chimps that were deprived of being with each other for all those years, and then they were, you know, placed in a chimp sanctuary in Florida where they could actually, for the first time, hug and touch one another. I I think Joe, you know, he, hopefully he recognizes what he did. Um, although I think Joe's a very good. Um, you know, actor, and he's good at making you make, you know, he kind of knows what to say um, and what, what one wants to hear. So uh, I have mixed feelings about Joe. Um, I, I feel, you know, just on that, I, I feel that the criminal justice system is, is really deeply flawed and Joe doing 22 years in prison is um, too severe because um, it's effectively a life sentence for Joe. Um, and Joe, is not one that would probably do well in prison. Not that anyone would, but um, so it's it's really tragic what's happened with him and and this whole free Joe campaign that's ignited recently. Um, I think is you know sadly probably giving him a sense of false hope. Um, you know there was this huge tour bus that went to D.C. to try to you know get Trump to pardon Joe um, and all of these things that are going on that are that are really you know, kind of surreal. Um, so. Which probably would be one of Trump's number one priorities. Uh, priorities. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely. I think it's going to be number one because Joe sort of, you know, represents independents, conservatives, and Democrats. So I think as it gets closer to election, he'll probably pardon, uh, uh, you know, Trump will pardon Joe. Oh. It'll, it, I, it'll be a landslide. I'm kidding. <laughs> Eric, wait, what are you kidding about? That he's going to pardon him or that I, it's going to be a landslide? Or no. No, but, no, but they these people that are trying to free Joe think that if Donald Trump pardoned Joe, it would help him in his oh election, which is God. so... Now, here's something I remember Cheryl saying that I wanted to ask you about. Are you... Is it true that you're a vegetarian? I'm not a vegetarian. Okay, well, then let's skip that. Oh, uh, we did you ask him that because we were talking about the the idea of what they fed the tigers and and being around that all the time well just all of it and also um thinking of the prison sentence because i'm sure there's plenty of um people that feel like no he jeopardized the lives of these animals right i'm sure there's a, an argument on either side and do you do you get that sort of feedback or hear that from people? Uh, wait, I'm sorry. What's the question? Sorry. Like, should, why shouldn't he be in jail for 22 years? The way he's he treated animals, or and potentially killed all these tigers and, right, um, right. you know, I I just I, I don't think it's yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I I don't know either. But I do think that we tend to be only punitive and not try to rehabilitate people at all. And mm -hmm. I think that the truth is that 
if Joe's in prison for the way he treated animals, and he did horrible things to animals, there's no question, who needs 230 tigers? Um, I do not. It, it was it was abusive, mm -hmm. and, and it was exploitive and everything else. Um, but there are so many other people that you know, should be charged for the same crimes as Joe when it comes to the mistreatment of animals, tigers and other exotic animals. And so, right. you know, I guess the, the question for Joe is why was he singled out and these other people are still operating that that did equally horrible things when it comes to the animals. They probably didn't try to kill anybody or maybe they did. But um, so I think that Joe was targeted um, and, and maybe because he was the most outspoken, flamboyant. Um, and yes, he probably did have more tigers than anyone in the country. Um, but there are other people um, that are should be accused of the same. Oh, for sure. Uh, although, I, I have although, no doubt. Eric, you did sort of gloss over the tried to kill somebody. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it seems like, I mean, it does seem like if we take a step back, I mean, he's, seems like he's been trying to kill Carol Baskin for most of his lifetime. So, I mean, that can't be legal to like put snakes in somebody's mailbox. I mean, it's hard not to laugh when you talk about it, but I'm sure in the moment it's a serious, I mean, yeah. you know, he threatened her a lot at the very least. Yeah. I mean, there's a combo of... <laughs> combo this, platter this guy, this guy might be rough to have out on the streets I, I i think that's fair for sure and i think there may be others that had done similar things uh that joe did but they were just a little more quiet about it joe joe put it out there that he was trying to kill carol baskin he really did and i really think there were other people stood on the mountaintop and <laughs> yeah. put it out there yeah. Did, but but so so yeah. what I'm hearing you say without you saying it it sounds like um maybe the prison system isn't going to rehabilitate Joe or a lot of people. So would he be better off in a different type of um facility where they they were looking at his um psychological well-being and I, I mean, he is, he was transferred two months ago to a place called Fort Worth Medical Center, but it, I went there, it's, it's, it's a prison um, in, outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and he's, by the way, been in something called the shoe, which is, you know, basically uh, just a concrete box by himself because of the coronavirus. And the, that particular prison, over 50% of the people in the prison are um, positive, and I think over ten people have died in that 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 one prison. So anyway, it's it's, it's um, he's been in isolation for the last few months. Um, he is getting copious fan mail. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, which, which is unbelievable. Weird. Um, Has he gotten any uh, record um, deal offers? Well, as you probably know, that wasn't Joe's voice, and so I didn't know he, that. No, but the, the, the real musicians and, and uh, singer behind Joe did get a record deal, Vince Johnson recently. Wait, how? Came, oh, go ahead. And there's, and there's a new song that you, I, I'm sure you've heard called um, Kill, what is oh, it called? Kill Carol um, Baskin? It's yeah, like Carol it's, Baskin, yeah, it's just kill, kill Carol. Carol. 
It's like yeah, I can't. Wait, when you say, of course, I must know that, how, how would I? It's called Killer Carol. That's mm. the name of the song. How would I or anybody else know that it's not Joe singing? I felt, I believed it was. And I was like, well, these are, um, this is. Multi-talented man. Yeah, look at this guy. <laughs> I know. No, I, what you see in, uh, usually when it comes to Joe is, is usually, you know, not. Totally true. No. Okay. No. And so, um, did why would somebody, why would a musician or singer step in and sing for this guy? Joe Joe placed an ad, and he wanted some band to uh, make music for him. And this this particular band, uh, called the the Clinton Johnson Band. Wow. Uh, based in the Northwest, um, sang and and wrote all the songs. Um, and Joe lip sync. Um, so <laughs> well, you, know, you got you to love him for that. Uh, um, Eric, I feel like we're going to have to let you go soon, which I, I uh, makes me angry. Um, but will you, first of all, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, what Can you tell us quickly what you're working on next or not? Um, Monkey Moms. It's okay. If you can't, if you can't, that's okay too. No, I, I, I'm busy, but um, I, it, it, I would just say that I'm still working on people and their um, stories. Interesting, yeah, the interesting world of people and animals. Okay, okay, but but can I ask you, like the the Tiger King crew or group, or not really? Oh, well, the, like follow ups with everything that's going on. Yeah, that I I can't really speak to, but there is, as you know, a whole everyone's confused about what we're doing or not doing and there's Kate McKinnon and there's you know Nicolas Cage and Rob Lowe and I think everybody else under the sun trying to do something and that that'll be um, interesting to see yeah, how it plays out I don't think there's going to be I don't think you can beat the real people but it'll be interesting to see it'll I agree interesting to see. but thanks you guys it was a treat having you and we really really appreciate really you taking the time appreciate it. thank you eric I'll, I'll see you soon right. hopefully thank you so much all right you guys bye thanks, bye. Cheryl. thanks you guys all right bye-bye well that was um extraordinary yeah yeah we should uh we should do it again sometime you wanna yeah let's do it again all right let's do it again oh here Next week, Cheryl and I are talking about the documentary Marina Abramovich, The Artist is Present. That was a HeadGum Podcast.